Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and today I'm here with Catherine, who is in charge of the Stockholm Writers Festival. Did I say it correctly? You did. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> now, I think probably a lot of people who listen to this have heard of the Stockholm Writers Festival because I've heard of it. It's a pretty big deal. How long has it been going on now? Well, next week will be our second. Only the second. I know we're incredibly established considering. (laughs) You are because I've had people telling me all year that, oh, "Oh, you've got to get in touch with her. You've got to be on this because I do a little writing on the side. And I had another friend saying, you should volunteer. I mean, just to be there and to be in it. It's so useful and such a great thing. Well, really happy. So I'm going to get to all about you in just a minute. But since I mentioned the Stockholm Writers Festival, maybe we should kick it off with that and maybe you could explain a little bit about what this is for those who don't know. Sure. Well, the idea was really born from another group called the Stockholm Writers Group and they're a group of international writers who have been around since 1994 Mm -hmm. meeting and critiquing work. It's a very professional group and uh, I became a member in 2001 And over the years, we would go to various events, um, literary events. We'd go to the States or Italy. People went to the UAE, Geneva, all these different places. And every time someone would come back, they would say, why do we have to travel somewhere else? Why isn't this here in Stockholm? Of course. I mean, no offense to the Italians, one of my favorite countries (laughs) in the whole wide world, but it's not actually known for being terribly bilingual. So, I mean, consider this country, consider its literary tradition. Mm-hmm. My God, it's it's deep. And consider yes. its multilingualism, especially English. So after moaning about that for a number of years, yeah, the idea was let's rally the troops, circle the wagons, get as many people as we know, and see what we can put on for basically zero dollars and zero cents, or zero <laughs> krona and zero era. And uh, we put on really, I think by the survey results, a really <laughs> phenomenal festival last year. We had one of the hottest agents in the US come, a guy named Brooke Sherman. We had a very famous novelist named Eleanor Lippman, whose books have been made into movies and you know, she's huh. a big deal. She was our keynote speaker. And we did it really all through personal networking. That's amazing. Where was the venue last year? It was at a donated space, the Burke School of Communications. Right, yeah. Generously donated their little jewel box building to us. So that was fabulous and gave us really that when that piece slid into place, it was like, okay, we can make this work because, of course, your venue is, is going to be one of your biggest costs. Is it at the same place this year? or No. In year two, we had the confidence and, you know, we wanted to expand the, uh, the schedule. So we moved it to a professional 
conference place called Finland Suset, which is really smack dab in the middle of town. If you know where Spy Bar and the yes, mushroom right. is, it's really in a tiny little street called Snickerbacken. But what got you interested in this in the first place? Are you a writer yourself? Yes. I'm a writer. I'm a professional writer, so copywriter, mm-hmm. marketing consultant by day. And had started, yeah, sounds like I'm a superhero by day and at night, just had thought and thought and thought about, you know, writing. And finally, I think in 2001, the year I joined the writers group, Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a try. And I've written five fabulous unpublished manuscripts since then. I keep plugging along. So I am the audience Yes, you must get so much out of this. I I do, exactly. I was, uh, you know, born of selfish reasons. And, uh, but at the same time, I was just the right person, I think, to do something like this because I really know what writers need. I'm going to back up a little and ask a little bit about you. So we were talking right before, and you have been here 22 years in Stockholm. And I don't have the whole story, but I know that you met a Swede on an airplane. And that's what brought you here. So I have to hear more details on this. Just that I was traveling for work. I was late getting on the plane. I raced down the aisle. There was one seat left. It was an assigned seat. But anyway, my husband got up and... Well, he wasn't my husband's man, got <laughs> yeah. up, helped me with my bag. And then I was on drugs because at that time I was suffering from some anxiety for yeah. flying. So I was pretty heavily medicated. My husband, who's not a huge chatter, he's, very, he's an extrovert, very you know social, but man, was he chatty on that flight. So mm. chat, chat, chat. And I was kind of like, uh, you know, a little drool. <laughs> on the corner of my mouth and we talked from chicago to boston we were both on our respective trips for three days and we were on the same flight back wow i knew i had to marry him yes that's fate right there yeah were you both living in the same town at the time we were living four blocks away from each other in chicago (laughs) and you had to meet on a plane going yeah 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 so it was it was a funny story that's amazing. So how long did you date? Did you, how long till you moved to Sweden? You know, I think people thought that it was some kind of a shotgun deal because within four months we were living together mm-hmm. and within eight months we were married. We weren't exactly children. I think he was like 32 and I was 30. So yeah, yeah sometimes you just know, but you were originally from Miami. Right. I was born there. Uh, my dad, uh, both of my parents worked for the federal uh, government, and my dad was actually with the CIA. So I was born oh. in Miami, Florida, because my dad was an interpreter um, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. He was intercepting messages from Cuba. Wow. So he, we were actually stationed in Miami for that reason. So that's my little connection to history. Yes. <laughs> that is pretty amazing. <laughs> and then we moved every two years because people who work for the CIA are basically like army or, you know, military. Yeah, right. You're on the move a lot. Wow. So which other places did you live in? What well, was, um, for me... Florida, Virginia, Maryland, Massachusetts, Chicago, back to Virginia, and then uh, for school, uh, D.C., and then I moved to New York, then I moved to Chicago, then I met my husband, then I moved to 
Cleveland, Ohio for a year and a half. We did a little stint there. Not my favorite town. No offense, <laughs> Clevelandites. Um, and then Stockholm. Wow. So this is the longest place I have lived by a factor of, I don't know what, because I'm not very good at math. Yes, it would have to be. Yes. I can't believe you couldn't list all those places and remember all of the. You might have forgotten one and you just don't realize. No, I don't think I forgot his name. <laughs> but moving within the States and moving to another country, that's quite different. But was sure. it a hard adjustment or are you just very much used to, okay, now I'm going to try this? Or? You know, I think uh, for me, that's so individual because I know some of my siblings didn't do very well with it. But for me, I remember getting the itch because we moved every t- basically every two years. Mm-hmm. I remember getting that feeling of like, oh, when's dad going to come home one day and say, pack up kids? Ooh, you know, yeah. That's the way he would kind of announce it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> At the same time, he would say to us, you don't need to take vacations we move every two years and we were like can we have a vac- can we go on vacation like our rich friends do no my parents had five kids and they both worked for the government and vacation was the move uh, to be honest when i met my husband i am positive i am not proud to say this that i could not have identified sweden on a map i really don't think i could have I can't say. You know what? Because I never tried uh-huh. <laughs> before I, I had to come I can <laughs> say. I am pretty sure I would have failed that test. I don't got in like Italy, you know, the big yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we know the boot. Don't take me past the boot back in those days. Now, proud to say that I can identify at least a few foreign countries. There's quite a lot of countries in Europe. And yeah. that's another thing I'm embarrassed about. Didn't know how many countries there were before oh, I came for over. Sure. But Eurovision has taught me a lot. Eurovision <laughs> is so educational. Thank God for Eurovision. Well, it's coming up too, I guess, maybe in about three weeks or so. Excitement. I hate to say, but I did not watch Melody Festival in this year. Me neither, not even a tiny, tiny bit. Nope. I wasn't, I don't know. I just, I guess I didn't hear that much about it this year. I'm not one of those people who's crazy into it or no. anything. But I do enjoy Eurovision. I never stay up for the whole thing. I get It's on too late and I get too tired. But my husband's very excited about Iceland this year. Uh-huh. They've hmm. got, I don't even know how to describe the music. It's wow. uh, like that a screaming synth, electronic, heavy metal. Well, I think I was a super fan in the early days when I was trying really hard to fit into the Swedish culture. Yeah. It was that and that, you know, the the, the, old, the days when you, your kids were really little and what could you watch as a family uh-huh. and everyone could get into it. It was definitely... At Eurovision, which, by the way, I had no idea what it was before I moved here. I was like, no. what the hell? I know, what? I've never There's heard of it. There's a global song contest, huh? <laughs> and none of it made sense to me. The countries no. didn't make sense. And that <laughs> England was never good made, made no sense. You would think that they would have this whole thing secured. I mean, what? some of the best music in the world exactly. is British. Consistently comes out of that country. I know. And the crap of the entire universe also comes out of that country. Clearly, they don't care. Yeah. Obviously, I had heard of ABBA, but I didn't know that they got started with this Eurovision thing because I never heard about Eurovision before. And I think that they have an idea that, oh, everybody in the world knows this. Right. No, they don't. Right. Europe and Australia. And I think that's probably about it. (laughs) I wanted to talk about Valborg because that's coming up uh, next week. And for anybody who's new, Valborg is like, these days it's like a cleansing of the winter. It's getting rid of all of your old 
winter branches welcoming in the spring. The ironic thing is usually it snows or it rains, but Freezing. <laughs> maybe we'll Miserable. be lucky. Who knows? Yeah. But I, I did a little research today because oh. I always attend these celebrations without really knowing what I'm doing. Sure. So what I found out is we've taken Valborg from, is it Walpurgis or Valpurgis yes. night yes, from the I've Germans, heard. 8th century, used to be for getting rid of witches because, sure. and I'm thinking in Sweden, okay, we just had some witches for Easter. So yeah, yeah, we got to clean sense. those out. And, uh, and then it was for the uh, farmlands because people were going to release their animals to graze and they also wanted to get rid of predators so they would set off these uh-huh. big fires which actually makes a little more sense than getting rid of all the witches <laughs> a little more just a little but the nice thing I, I think about it is normally everybody has a half day which is always a great thing and then all over sweden in every community there's some sort of nice usually neighborhood gathering or city gathering it's a huge bonfire a student choir usually comes and sings Uh, at my particular one in my neighborhood the scouts come and light the fire and then they have little food booths and yeah it's nice nice. yeah and i just think it's it's kind of a fun swedish tradition to take part in and you'll smell like smoke later so don't bring any of your good clothes and (laughs) And you may get burned but yeah, you'll recover. Don't get that close to the bonfire. The little fi- you know, the little <laughs> things that... But yeah. it's so nice. You do see all of your neighbors or sure. people in your community. Everybody comes out with their families. The it's, next day is a holiday, May 1st. You may have heard this already, but it's the most dangerous night to be out in Sweden oh. for young the young people. I didn't know that. Because the young people apparently like to party party at those yeah and uh you know the hospitals get a lot of stomach pumping business and it really is statistically kind of a scary night just saying i did read about the students and the kids and apparently Uppsala in sweden is the biggest celebration so if you're just wanting to go and experience something kind of cool Go to Uppsala. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's gorgeous. Well, it is gorgeous, yeah. The town is gorgeous, and the I, choirs, how they all line along along the river. Yes, it's that's what I was reading about really today. And they have they have a lot more tradition there than we do in the other towns. They wake up. It's, it's traditional to wake up with champagne and strawberries, which I think I, I totally should incorporate that into <laughs> ours. Yes, they have a... Everybody lines up along the river because they have a special race where they do homemade rafts. And... Okay. They usually fall apart, but it's it's a thing, and everyone cheers. It's and just they're wearing their hats. Yes, they're the wearing their student hats, uh, the little white ones that look like sailor caps, right. which actually work well if you're having a rafting race. Oh, sure, I think it's a theme. <laughs> and then let's see, 3 p.m. is the champagne race. All I could understand about that is you will get wet. I don't know if you're supposed to be drinking it or pouring it on people or a little of both. I'm thinking both. Yeah. And then the huge bonfire there is like around 9 p.m. or so. And I think in most of the communities, it will be anywhere between maybe 7 to 9 when they light it. But then that thing goes on for hours. Right. And because it's getting so light here in these days that it takes a while to catch some, some good atmosphere. Yeah. So that's why they have to wait so long. Yeah. Unless they're freezing and it's snowing, and then maybe it'll be a little Which early. is very likely, <laughs> by the way. It's, I swear, it's like the weather just knows. It's Valborg and Midsummer. Midsummer. Bring last out year, the clouds. we were out of town. I'm so happy. And it, has, it was a beautiful summer last year. 
But on Midsummer, it was the one day it got cold. It was horrible well, weather. Well, it's so funny because I was having this discussion with my friend. I was like, oh, we're going to be gone again for, for Midsummer because it's never good anyway. And she goes, you're just buying into that myth. It's not true. We've had several good Midsummers. And I'm like, mm-hmm. don't want to argue. Let's stay friends on this. But I've been here for 22 years and... I swear I have maybe yeah. two very strong memories of really properly warm midsummers. Sounds about right in my experience as and well. A lot of memories you know, hovered under some plastics. Or pictures of like my hair drenched with rain. Yeah. And yeah, covered in a blanket because covered it's so cold. Blanket, mucklucks on, miserable. But you get to eat cold <laughs> fish. So that makes oh, it up for you, right. doesn't it? <laughs> Bunch of cold food. And I have to say, the other thing going on this weekend in Stockholm and probably a lot of the other places is that the cherry trees are finally blooming everywhere. So, Kungstra Gordon, hurry up, go take your pictures. Yeah, because they only bloom for about two weeks, but it's the most gorgeous thing. I was talking at lunch today with somebody who confirmed. That they're yeah. out, and I was like, I gotta get out there because it is so. I mean, it just makes you feel walking around this city and seeing all the tiny little green, like I this know. just shimmer of green Spring at the end of this arrived. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what's uh, that's what's happening this weekend, and I hear in Gothenburg the amusement park Lisa Berry, oh, the okay. huge amusement park is opening, so everything's getting ready. Yeah, for and why not? Spring and I summer. I wonder when Grunelund opens. That's gotta be. But every I week. see advertisements everywhere today. I I saw advertisements for their new ride, The Snake. Um, Sounds like something so, I don't want to do. No, yeah, that was my thought exactly. Uh-huh. It was like, nope, nope, not happening. But is there anything else you wanted to say? Can I get the dates again for the Stockholm Absolutely. Writers Festival? Well, the Stockholm Writers Festival, there are 10 tickets left. Ooh. We've already sold past what we did last year. It's funny because last year we thought, well... We'll close ticketing on the day the festival happens because who would buy a ticket on the day of? And two people did. So this year we are welcoming last-minute ticket purchases up until the day we open, which is on May 3rd. And that's Friday, right? Friday, May 3rd through Sunday, May 5th. That's wonderful. What are the times on that? We kick off with Jane Friedman, our keynote speaker, will be doing a special workshop that starts at 1 Okay. And then the main festival, the registration starts at 4. No, <laughs> schedule starts at 4. And we'll go from there. But you can you can look it up. <laughs> www.stockholmwritersfestival.com All right. Great. Well, you can get all the information there. And I'm hopefully going to stop by on one of those days because I'm also very interested and I think this sounds amazing. So We would love to have you. Well, I love having you on my podcast. So. I love being here. <laughs> Thank you very Even much. Even though I don't have a cool podcasty voice, I was trying to make it a little deeper and silkier. Oh, I think it's great, Thank really. Thank you.